This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR. Yo, 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 everybody, it's Stretch Armstrong. And my name is Bobby Garcia, aka Cool Bob Love. If you love this podcast you are listening to, you should check out our new show, What's Good with Stretch and Bobito. This is not your average interview show. We're going to be telling stories that you're not going to hear anywhere else. Find it on Apple Podcasts, the NPR One app, or however you find your podcast. It's What's Good. Hey, Cecil. Hi, Afira. So today, our special guests star in the revival of a Broadway play from the 1990s. So 1990s trivia speed round. This surrealistic murder mystery had America asking... Who killed Laura Palmer? Twin Peaks. Yes. This conspiracy-minded drama featured two FBI agents looking for the truth they knew was out there. The X-Files. Of course. And this HBO series featured four strong female leads, amazing outfits, and lots of graphic sex. Game of Thrones? <laughs> I'm totally an Arya, by the way. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Ask me another. I'm puzzle guru Cecil Baldwin, here with guest musician Julian Villard. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg! Thank you, Cecil. We have a great show for you. Four brilliant contestants are backstage auditioning for season two of Candy Crush, the television show. (laughs) But they're here to play our nerdy games, and only one of them will be our big winner. And our special guests are Lily Taylor and Janine Garofalo, who star in the Broadway play Marvin's Room. It is a brilliant play that was first staged in the 1990s, so really it's another 90s reboot. Uh, Just for the record... Here are some things I do not want brought back from the 90s. Rat tails, chain wallets, and swing dancing. Here's what I hope does come back. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mixtapes, and joy. Our first game is about pop culture and chemistry, and it doesn't reference Breaking Bad at all. (laughs) Let's meet our first two contestants. Lee Latimer on buzzer number one. Hello. You're about to start business school, and you recently started powerlifting. Welcome. Thank you. Your opponent is Greg Burnham on buzzer number two. You teach computers to read at an artificial intelligence research lab. Well, welcome. Thank you. Okay, Lee and Greg, the first of you who wins two of our games will move on to the final round at the end of the show. So let's start with a trivia game called The Element in the Room. In this game, we've replaced two-letter terms with the chemical elements they represent on the periodic table. So let's go to our puzzle guru, Cecil Baldwin, for an example. So if I said, although he hasn't released a metal album, you might know rapper Clifford Joseph Harris Jr. better by his stage name, Titanium. You would answer T.I., because T.I. is his stage name and the symbol for titanium. Okay, so you just need to tell us the original two letters we swapped out for the element. Here's your first one. You don't have to be Russian to enjoy classics like You Can't Touch This by Muscovian Hammer. 
Greg. MC. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think his half-life expired in 1995. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody call the radium. This college dorm is radioactive. Greg? Uh, R. A? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Were you trying to think of like who at a at a college dorm is the person that looks over the dorm, or were you just working on radium? Yeah, it was much like at a dumber level than that. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to bands like Poison or Biohazard on your portable cadmium player. Greg, CD. Yeah, that's right. For people that don't know, a CD is a MP3 <laughs> in solid form. But you can hold it. That's right. Okay, forget Maybach and Maserati. Heads will turn when you pull up in Chrysler's flashy Platinum Cruiser. Greg. PT. Correct. Yes, that's right. You can hear this show, Top 40 Hits, and Synthetic Actinides on... Americium Fermium Radio. <laughs> Lee. Uh, FM. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I just. Americium Fermium Radio. AM. <laughs> Lee, I heard you say AM and FM, so that is the correct answer. Well done. <laughs> Plutonium. What's that awful smell? Greg? P-U. Correct. Oof. This is your last clue. English majors and chemists can both identify with the Avenue Q song, What Do You Do With a Barium in English? Greg. B-A. That's right. <laughs> yes. Puzzle guru Cecil Baldwin, how did our contestants do? Greg, well done. You're one step closer to the final round. For our next game, put on your beret and get ready to express your appreciation in snaps. But first, let's check in with our contestants. So, Lee, what inspired you to start powerlifting, by the way? Well, uh, going to business school, I decided I wanted to be as intimidating as possible on all fronts. So, <laughs> physical, you know, and otherwise. <laughs> Really? That's, that's why you decided? <laughs> yeah. Well, I also did watch American Ninja Warrior, and I was a little bit inspired by some awesome runs by the ladies out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so do you have a goal in powerlifting? Like, is it an amount that you're trying to ultimately lift, or is it reps? How does it work? Yeah, a lot of people go for a goal. I'm just kind of there, but, you know, <laughs> see what happens. Kind of like tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I like a laissez-faire approach to powerlifting. <laughs> Greg, you're involved with a summer math camp for gifted students from around the world? That's correct. And that sounds very, very fun. I mean, I assume it's fun. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. super nerdy, super fun. Okay, so what are, what are the fun little, you know, summer program camp-like things you do to them? Is there, like, fun um, little... So mostly it's math classes, but then... <laughs> <laughs> but you see, you that's, they like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's their summer vacation. Yeah. And then on weekends, it's your regular, you know, whitewater rafting or hiking or... And there's one, math relays, which combines running with doing math problems. <laughs> <laughs> 
two life skills. <laughs> and while they're whitewater rafting, are they just going, if only we were doing math? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of. You remind them what the rest of the world is like, and they're like, oh, thank goodness it's Monday again. We should do yeah. more math. I don't have to deal with that crazy stuff. Very cool. Well, Cecil Baldwin will channel his inner Allen Ginsberg to lead our next game. Greg, you won the last game, so you win this, and you're off to the final round. Lee, you need to win this, or we're going to introduce you to a man from Nantucket. (laughs) (laughs) Cecil, take it away. Thanks, Zafira. So, Julian Villard, could you give me some mood music? Absolutely. I'm a well-traveled man. Whether it's touring with the hit podcast Welcome to Night Vale or my own jaunts across this crazy experiment we call the United States of America. I'll tell you about my journeys, buzz in and identify the cities I'm talking about. Here we go. And for this game only, uh, I'd like our live audience here. Yeah, you can reward them with snaps. Like we're really in some beat poetry stuff. Let's go, Gonzo. Somewhere around Barstow, the drugs begin to take hold. Bats and lizard people bring nothing but fear and loathing if you follow Hunter S. Thompson to this city of neon. Greg. Las Vegas. That is correct, yeah. Oh my God, I want this every show. Jewel by the Bay. The scene is jumping and the poetry is flowing. Gonna stop by City Lights Bookstore to howl, howl, howl. Greg. San Francisco. San Francisco is correct. Nike, goddess of victory. Nike HQ. Eight miles outside of Armisen and Brownstein's comedy playground. Greg. Portland? Portland, Oregon. That is correct. If you see a faded sign at the side of the road, stay at the neutral Milk Hotel. Get some REM sleep. The University of Georgia covered in public ivy. Lee. Atlanta? Lee, Atlanta is not correct. Greg, can you steal? Athens. Athens, Georgia is what we are looking for. This is a really weird game. I I would say top ten weirdest games we've ever done. You're both welcome. You're welcome. I dig it, I dig it. Yeah, we're happy. Pop, 1981, and one lonely Prada store in the middle of the desert. Celebrities. Artists, hipsters flock to Texas for the scene and the burritos. The secret password is I love dick. Greg. Uh, Austin. Good guess, but that is incorrect. <sighs> Lee, I was just watching your face after this clue and you grimaced. <laughs> That's true. Which I, I understand. Uh, do you have a Answer to steal? Uh, Waco? Mm, good guess as well, but, <laughs> but incorrect. We were looking for Marfa, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> I Love Dick is uh, an Amazon show set in Marfa, starring Kevin Bacon, who plays a guy named Dick. This is your last poem. Dig it. <laughs> 
Cadillacs roll off the GM assembly line, but you can't manufacture Smokey Robinson, Stevie Wonder, or Aretha Franklin. Lee, Detroit. That is correct. Out with a bang. (laughs) Ophira, how did our contestants do? Lee, we're sorry to see you go. Greg, you won two games, so you are moving on to the final round at the end of the show. Coming up, we'll find out who will face off against Greg in our final round at the end of the show, and we'll meet our special guests, Janine Garofalo and Lily Taylor, who star in the Broadway revival of Marvin's Room. Lily Taylor made her career in independent films, Janine Garofalo in alt-comedy, and in the 90s, alt was a good word to put in front of something. These days, it just helps you figure out who to block on Twitter. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This message comes from Capital One, presenting sponsor of the 2024 Tiny Desk Contest. Earlier this year, unsigned musicians from around the country submitted their original songs for the 10th annual Tiny Desk Contest. The panel of judges are hard at work picking standout entries, and you can follow along and choose your favorite videos as well. The winner gets to play their very own Tiny Desk Concert, then headline a tour with NPR Music this summer. Want to come along for the ride? Visit tinydeskcontest.npr.org to learn more. Then check out the Venture X card from presenting sponsor Capital One. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive, and it's Name Your Price Tool. Say how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show coverage options within your budget. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. I'm Cecil Baldwin, here with guest musician Julian Villard. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg! Thank you, Cecil. Before the break, our contestant Greg won his way to the final round at the end of the show. We'll find out a little later who he will face off against. But first, let's welcome our special guests. From the Broadway revival of Marvin's Room, please welcome Janine Garofalo and Lily Taylor. Thank you. So let's talk about your current project. Janine, Lily, you star in Marvin's Room on Broadway where you play estranged sisters who haven't seen each other in 18 years. Uh, This was originally written and staged in the 1990s. Lily, you've been on Broadway numerous times, but what was it about this play that you had to be part of this production? Well, um, I love the Roundabout Theatre, and I'd worked with them before, and Annie Kaufman's the director, and she has a great vision, and the play felt really pure, and it felt like someone could get in there and reimagine it in a way for today. Yeah. Uh, Janine, you know, you've obviously done comedy in theaters across the country and the world, but this is your Broadway debut. Uh So, I mean, how was it? Was it uh, frightening or exhilarating? Uh, Well, you know, the thing is, is it's very unusual for me as a stand-up not to be able to interact with the audience. And also you have to say 
the same thing yeah. on a nightly basis, which, if anyone's seen my comedy, that is difficult for me, as I am undisciplined. Uh, but you do it, and I'm very glad that I've done it. Uh, I don't know that I would do it again. And I don't, I don't mean that mean. I don't mean that mean in, in, a, in a glib way. I'm just saying, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Janine, did you know each other before this? No. No? No. Mm-mm. But it felt like it. We knew of each other. Sure. Yeah. And then you have to play sisters who love each other, but obviously don't have the best relationship. Right. Yeah. Conflictual, and you're dealing with a very stressful situation mm-hmm. that you're both under. So when you're preparing for that role, are you hanging out and uh, just establishing a rapport, or is it save it for the stage? Well, actually, because it was such a, like a condensed rehearsal time, and Lily has so very much on her plate. She's in every single scene. And so once we started rehearsing... Boom. That was it. And then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, we're doing it. So there really wasn't time to hang around, which actually worked out well because we're not supposed to know each other. Right. It was realistic. It was very realistic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And Lily, you said this play is relevant for now, even though it was written in the 90s. You know, there are some artifacts from the 90s in the play, especially the phones that all have cords and some of them are landline. 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 Uh, you know, what are the reasons why we need to see this play now? Anything that gets into a family, you could see at any time. True. And we can always, I feel like I could always reflect back on my family, who I am, where I'm going, all that. It's just, for me, it's infinitely interesting. And I know Anne Kaufman, the director, you know, when she decided to redo this play, she didn't modernize it. She said it had to be set in the 90s. It had to be true Mm -hmm. to that. Janine, why is that? Uh, Well, I think it wouldn't be helpful if we had cell phones and Facebook and stuff. We wouldn't be so estranged. So it it wouldn't (laughs) work. You know, we we would have been much more in touch with each other. There's an innocence to it that I just don't think would hold up if you put it now, like, without it being in that time. I just think Mm -hmm. it's... Being in that world, the 90s is like, oh, my God, if only we could. Mm -hmm. Right. You know. I know. Oh, my God. You guys, the 90s. (laughs) No. So originally this was a movie uh, starring Meryl Streep, Diane Keaton, and Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm -hmm. Did either of you watch this movie? No. I did, actually. uh, After I auditioned for it and after I found out I got it, I thought, well, I'll watch it. But it actually is so, it's different. And also just the take that Meryl Streep, who's... That's the part I play, that Meryl Streep played. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. The, the, the take that she did on it, I was like, I, I'm just not going to do it that, that, that... Not not for that reason, but it's like, I can't just mimic what she did because that would be bad. And plus, she's not that good an actor. <laughs> she's really not, you know? So I have to say, Janine, when I, I moved to New York in the early 2000s, and you had started a show in the Lower East Side in the 90s called Eating It at a now... Oh, no, no, I didn't start it. I was just one of the, you were just the people one of first the, into it. First into it. Yeah. It used to be a, a, like a good tryout room, right, where mm-hmm. stand-ups could go and just try whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. Anti-mainstream in the sense that you could, I guess, talk about your life. You could do whatever alt-comedy was Right, which then. just means to me, alternative comedy to me just means you're doing stand-up in a place that is an alternative to a proper comedy club. Uh, sort of more uh, stand-up meets storytelling, and I'm sorry to have to say that, but it's just uh, longer-form things without a lot of punchlines, and, and hopefully people find it humorous. Right. But. Do you think 
alternative comedy still exists? Or oh, absolutely. Has it all come in fact, together? it has become in many, many ways the norm. Yeah, so I feel, right, you're right. I just think it's interesting how it, I think alt comedy has become everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lily, people say you are a versatile actor, but I think that is like the smallest way to describe the acting roles that you have done. What do you wish there was more of when it comes to roles? Oh, brother. Um, well, I, w- I wish more women were in power. Yeah. Um, it kind of has to start there. It's, look, we're, we, you know, there's some problems. There's some big problems. <laughs> and, and, and I would say maybe five, six hundred years at least. You know, we're, we're a ways away from dealing with this bias. You know what I mean? But we just keep chugging along. So my thing is just to try to, to show all the different kinds of women that could exist. You know, so that it's not just three types. You know? Right. And just to make, to get ideas out there like, oh, I didn't know a woman was like that. Oh, and so the consciousness has just been expanded a little bit, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, Lily, you also have a hobby that w- satisfies so many of our listeners. Uh, you're a birder. Really? Listeners like birds. <laughs> um, wow. Um, yeah, that's another thing I'm, I'm trying to yeah, get the word out about birds. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, uh, how did you get into birding? Basically, I've always loved birds, and I didn't know there were other people who liked them, too. And it, and it was really through the iPhone that I found out, like, through Twitter and all that, that, like, someone was like... Twitter. Twitter, the bird, yeah. um, was like, oh, there's a great bird in Central Park. And I was like, oh, really? And so I would go, and I would just hang back and see these people with binoculars, and I was like, oh, there's a tribe. It's just wonderful. And okay, so what birds is... Birds are great. What Have you it? heard of the Audubon Society? <laughs> I, I think they um, like, they darling, like, there's a lot of them, and they like I'm, birds. I'm on the board of it. <laughs> oh, okay, so, okay, uh, you know. Uh, 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 no, no, that's the thing. Well, now you know. She okay. knows, she knows. I just, she said no, she didn't I know. know there was people who like birds, no, I, I was thinking. So there's got to be a universal bird that everyone hates, though, right? Are you going to name it? I, I don't know. What's, there's got to be a mean bird that, like, uh, hates other birds. Wait, I hear a calling out. What's, Vulture? Oh, people are Vultures doing... are great. They're the garbage <laughs> men of the environment. They okay. clean up all this dead stuff. Blue jays. People say blue jays are no, mean. No, bad rap. They're the. They're, you know what they do? <laughs> I like. No, blue jays give the alarm call to the other birds that there's danger. So when you hear them squawking, it's like get out. There's something that's going to eat us. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> pigeons. Pigeons. Come on, pigeons. I'm. I haven't come around yet, but I'm going to get there. <laughs> I'm going to get there. I hear they're great, and I, I try, I'm open to them, but I'm just still like, ugh, I just can't yet. Okay, so what is it? You're asking me if I know, but I don't know. House Sparrow. That's, yeah. Is that That's that common... common little guy we see all over, and I have a problem with them because they take over other birds' boxes, and they killed all these little birds I was trying to take care of, and I had my neighbor shoot it. Gentrifiers. <laughs> this is NPR. This yeah. is NPR. <laughs> it's legal. They're an invasive species. It's legal. True. It's true. It's true. Uh-oh. It's true. Uh-oh. You, you can email me if you have questions, and we can talk about that. I'm serious. All right. Okay, onward. This is going to okay. be fantastic. <laughs> All right, are you guys ready for an Ask Me very, Another Challenge? Very. Let's yes. go. Okay. Let's go. Let's welcome Cecil and Julian back to the stage. Okay, Janine, Lily, this game is called Did I Say That? Yeah. The rules are simple. We're going to read you an out-of-context quote from a project that either of you start in. Okay. All you have to do is buzz in and tell us who said it. 
<laughs> did you say it or did the other person say it? So be careful. If you guess incorrectly, your opponent automatically scores the point, and the winner will receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. They already gave us some backstage. What? <laughs> Here's your first quote. What the hell do you think Leona really puts in this pizza? Janine. That would be Lily Taylor from Mystic Pizza. That is correct. <laughs> By the way, what did they put in that pizza? Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> Next clue. This dress exacerbates the genetic betrayal that is my legacy. Janine. Janine Garofalo, Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. That is right. I wouldn't expect you to know that. She's, she's like highbrow. She's not going to know some oh, of the no, I, stuff Are you kidding? I, I, that's no, kind of not fair. I know that stuff. I do. Okay. This next one is a musical clue. Julian Villard, take it away. That'll never be me. That'll never be me. Oh, I got That'll out. never be, never be me. Lily. Corey. Say anything. Next clue. I'm bitter. Who's drunk and yelling at a dead woman? I I don't know why I did that. I'm sorry. Um, I get the point. Yeah, I get the point. Janine, do you know who said that? I don't don't know what that is. (laughs) Uh... Lily, do you know? No. Who said that? Uh-uh. That, it, it was you. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what was it? that line again? Oh, uh, was it Six Feet Under? That's right. It was from Six Feet Dead. Under. Should have known. She should get it. She no, should... no, no, okay. no, no. All right. Take okay. it. Okay. <laughs> I believe we're even. Tutu. <laughs> that, that is correct, Lily. Here's your next one. If I was a guy, I think women would, like, line up to go out with me. Janine. Janine Ruffalo, Truth or Bad Cats and Dogs. That is true. Right. Yes. Next clue. <laughs> I hope it's not jumbo shrimp because I'm allergic to oxymorons. Janine. That is what hot American summer, Janine Ruffalo. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> All right, this is your last clue. Where are your boys? Couldn't you get Hank out of the mental institution? Bessie, we don't like to call it the oh. mental institution. What do you call it? We call it the loony bin or the nut house to show we've got a sense of humor about it. Lily. Both of us. Both of us. Both of us. Marvin's room. Marvin's room. That yeah. is correct. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Puzzle guru Cecil Baldwin, how did our special guests do? Oh, you both did amazing. However, Janine took it by one point. Let's give her a hand. I can't wait to get that second Rubik's Cube. (laughs) Everyone needs a home and travel version. Uh, Well done. What a pleasure. Thank you so much. Janine and Lily are starring in Marvin's Room at the Roundabout Theater on Broadway. Give it up one more time for Janine Garofalo and Lily Taylor. For bonus games and stuff that's too hot for radio, follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. In our next game, we'll change one letter in a celebrity's name. So goodbye, James Franco. Bonjour, James France. Hmm, la freak, la geek. Uh, let's meet our next contestants. First up, Aaron Iwanusa on buzzer number one. 
You're getting your PhD in social work research. Welcome. Thank you. And your opponent is Paige Young on buzzer number two. You're an artist assistant. Welcome. Thank you. Erin, you're pursuing your PhD in social work research, but your parents cried when you told them about your college plans? <laughs> uh, yes, so I come from a family of all musicians professionally, and I was going on that route, and I, at the very last minute, changed my mind to go get my uh, BA in English, and then on to get my MSW, my Master of Social Work, and I often joke they're probably the only parents that said, no, what are you doing? We want you to be in music. So I'm, yeah. Amazing. So Paige, you're an artist assistant, but uh, I hear you're going for a more practical career. Yes, that's right. Okay, what is it? Social work. Oh, really? Uh, (laughs) Yes. Okay, and why why social work? Um, An artist assistant, I guess it's it's not a very consistent gig, and you're basically making art for other artists that make money. Yeah, right. (laughs) And I'd rather make my money doing social work. Yeah, it sounds like you're kind of doing social work right now. So might as well just be honest about it. Yeah. You guys have a lot in common. You should exchange emails and things. Yes. (laughs) Okay, remember, Paige and Erin, the first of you who wins two of our games will move on to the final round at the end of the show. So this is a word game called Celebrity Letter Swap. We took a celebrity's name, changed one letter, and we formed a new name. So, for example, if we ask, who is Kim Kardashian's husband and wears a waistcoat, you would answer Kanye Vest. Okay, I know, I know, I know, I know. It sounds easy, but just in case you need some help, the letter that changes will always be in the celebrity's last name, but it won't always be the first letter in the name. Eh. Okay, so buzz in when you know the answer. Here we go. What creator of 30 Rock wears a hat from Morocco? Aaron. Tina Fez. Yeah, there you go. Who played Frodo Baggins in Lord of the Rings and is very in touch with his emotions? Paige. Elijah Mood? Correct. (laughs) What pop singer is all about that bass and betraying her country? Paige. Megan Trainer. Trader. Megan Trader. That is correct, yeah. And just so everyone is clear, that's just a joke. We're pretty sure Megan loves her country, we assume. Sure. Yeah, just in case. Who stars as Mad Max in Fury Road and always seems to be a little late? Paige. Tom Tardy. Yeah, that's right. Who plays the Incredible Hulk and loves covering himself in spicy chicken wing sauce? Aaron Mark Buffalo (laughs) Who won an Oscar for her performance in Monsters Ball and wishes you a happy Christmas Aaron Hallie Mary Hallie Mary is correct (laughs) Alright this is your last clue Who steered a boat as Captain Phillips, flew a plane as Captain Sully, and now drives his own armored military vehicles? Paige. Tom Tanks. Correct. 
Paige, well done. You're one step closer to our final round. Can't make it to Brooklyn? No problem. Ask Me Another is hitting the road. We've got two very special all-celebrity contestant shows at the Ace Hotel Theater in Los Angeles on August 17th and 18th. For information on all of our shows, go to amatickets.org. Coming up, we'll play Wisdom of the Crowd, where Julian Villard has to pick between the wisdom of Cecil Baldwin or our live audience. The stakes have never been more medium. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Teladoc Health. There are lots of reasons for wanting to be healthy. Family, work, living a fuller life. Teladoc Health understands. Whether you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or just need to manage your weight, Teladoc Health can help. Visit teledochealth.com slash what's your why for more information. That's T-E-L-A-D-O-C health slash what's your why. Support for NPR and the following message come from Betterment, an automated investing and savings app. CEO Sarah Levy shares why Betterment believes cash can be a strategic choice. There are times when the market is volatile, when customers are a little nervous about investing. We came to understand that there was an opportunity to introduce cash as part of an investing strategy and to give back yields to the customer. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Cecil Baldwin, here with guest musician Julian Villard. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Cecil. Before the break, we met our contestants, Paige and Aaron. Soon they'll play a game about movies that would make terrible Broadway musicals. For example, Saw 2. Right? Jigsaw's back, but with jazz hands. Let's check in with our contestants. Paige, so one of your past jobs was as a flight attendant. That's true. When you were 20 or so? Yeah, very young. 20 is the earliest age you can do it. Okay, so obviously people complain a lot about travel now and passengers get irate. We hear about it all the time. What were you told when you were a flight attendant about like the best way to deal with a uh, mad or upset passenger? Well, the airline that I worked for, I don't know if I'm supposed to mention names, so I won't, um, has pretty good customer service. They're sort of known for their above-average customer service. So, Interesting. Um, we, um, we just stayed calm and stayed nice. And a lot of times, some, the passenger <laughs> would even calm down over the course of the flight. And I, I've even had someone who was being really nasty at the beginning um, apologize at the end. So that was a really, really? interesting lesson. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is, feels very satisfying, right? Yeah, and I was really proud of him. I thought that was really big of him. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you said that to him while you patted him on the head. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> yeah. Look at you getting your emotions together. Yes. So, Erin, I, I hear you're a little tired this month, and I understand gearing up for this show is a big deal. Yeah. Very big deal. Is yes. that is that why? Yeah. You're... This is why I'm I'm exhausted right yeah. now. Yeah. But you've been doing a lot this month. I uh, well, I ran the Brooklyn Half Marathon. Congratulations. Uh, May 20th. Um, and I just recently, about three weeks ago, summited Mount Kilimanjaro. So. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Yeah. 
Yeah. So wait a second. How long in between the uh, half marathon and going to, up to, um, to the summit of Kilimanjaro? The half marathon was May twentieth, and Kilimanjaro was June second. Yeah. <laughs> It was a lot. I think I lost my mind for a month, but it was good. It was yeah, great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Okay, well, this is, this is a lot easier. In your next game, we're going to scrape to the bottom of the barrel to come up with film-to-Broadway adaptations that surprisingly haven't been done yet. <laughs> Julian? We changed the lyrics of iconic Broadway songs to make them about movies you wouldn't expect to be turned into musicals. So just buzz in and say the name of the movie that I'm singing about. And if you're right, you can earn a bonus point by giving me the name of the original song or musical that I'm parodying. So, Paige, you won the last game, you win this, and you're in the final round. Aaron, you need to win this, or you have to invest in my Phantom of the Opera spinoff. It's from the point of view of the chandelier. <laughs> All right, take it away, Julian. I can't remember a thing since December Who killed my wife and why did they do it Since that December or was it November To learn a fact I must tattoo it Paige Memento? Yeah, Memento is correct I'm really getting into short-term memory loss these days uh, for a bonus point, can you name the original song or musical? No, I cannot. Maybe I'll just name one. Sure. <laughs> um, Phantom of the Opera. Uh, no, this, that was from the Fantastics, the song Try to Remember. On their feet, their eggs are neatly balanced, warm and safe from predators around them. Can you hear the voice of Morgan Freeman? It's a documentary about these flightless birds. Aaron. March of the Penguins. Yeah. We really spell it out in that clue, don't we? For a bonus point, can you name the original song or musical? On my own from Les Mis. There you go. I am here in Nam. Wagner's my jam Played as a warning Hey, what's that bouquet? The smell of napalm in the morning <laughs> Aaron Apocalypse Now Yeah I'm really into this one I'm hoping this actually happens so good. Okay, for a bonus point, can you name the original song or musical? I don't know this one. No. Okay. I'm sorry. Bonus points can't be stolen. That is I Am What I Am from La Cage aux Faux. Here's your next one. The world will be destroyed by a big asteroid unless a team of drillers can be deployed. Last chance. Last chance. The earth has got one last chance. Page. Armageddon? Yeah. And that's the opening number. <laughs> Can you name the song or musical? Again, I will name a song or musical. Sure, sure. Um, Damn Yankees. 
actually a solid guess. Yeah, right. It's a solid it's guess. Era, era appropriate. Yep. That was Fugue for Tin Horns from Guys and Dolls. Someone to narrate these slides. Someone to fill you with fear. Someone to warn that the tides are rising each year. You know he's sincere. He's being Al Gore. Being Al Gore. <laughs> Paige. An inconvenient truth. Yeah. And on Broadway, we call that a triple threat PowerPoint. <laughs> Can you name the original song or musical? No, um, I'm going to try. <laughs> I, lo- I love that you try. Um, cats. <laughs> so close on very, that one. Very, very close. So close. Yeah, if there was ever the other side of a coin of cats, <laughs> it would be the musical company and that song... Being alive. <laughs> Unfortunately, this is your last clue. People, people who see dead people. <laughs> Aaron. Uh, the Sixth Sense. That is correct. How about that bonus point? People, funny girl. People, funny girl is correct. Puzzle Guru Cecil Baldwin, how did our contestants do? Congratulations, Aaron. You won that game. You've each won one game, so we're going on to a quick game three. I'll give you a category, and you'll go back and forth, naming things that fall into that category. The first contestant to mess up will be eliminated. Buzz in to answer first. Here's your category. Name the eight U.S. states whose names contain the letter U. Paige? Utah. Yes. Aaron? Um, ah. Oh, three seconds. Oh, my gosh. I'm blinking. I'm... Oh, I'm so I'm sorry. Out. You're out of time. The other answers were Connecticut, Kentucky, oh Louisiana, <laughs> Massachusetts, Missouri, South Carolina, and South Dakota. Aaron, we're so sorry to see you go. Paige, you're headed on to the final round. While Greg and Paige get ready for the final round, it's time for us to play a game called The Wisdom of the Crowd. We asked a recent live audience here at the Bell House to guesstimate various quantities. For example, how many kernels are on an average ear of corn? We crunched the numbers and found the average of their guesses. So in this game, guest musician Julian Villard will have to determine whose wisdom he trusts more, our audience or the wisdom of our puzzle guru, Cecil Baldwin. So here we go. How many feet tall is the Statue of Liberty? Oh. Let's see. My knowledge of uh, sizes and measurements is usually not great. Um, <laughs> I might be like three feet tall as far as I'm concerned. That's how um, it looks to me from the Staten yeah, Island yeah. Ferry. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh, I'm going to say 250 feet. 250 feet. Good answer. Our audience thinks the real answer is 567. Julian Villard, who do you think is closer? Well, I have a feeling that the Statue of Liberty is 17 
1,776 feet tall. That's too tall, right? That'd be like really tall. Would that be like a, like a third of a mile? Also, would the French really do that to us? Would they really be like... They probably would. You know, we're really known for being on the nose, so let's just really... Um, I'm going to go with seesaw on this. 250 feet. Yeah, that's a good guess. Yeah, the real answer is 305. It's the Statue of Liberty is 305 feet tall. It has an 8-foot tall face and a 35-foot waistline. Okay, Cecil, how many pairs of jeans are sold in the United States every year? Number of jeans. Pairs of jeans. Every year. It's got to be so many. So So many. So many. Um... You know, I kind of I kind of dig this 25 answer that I've kind of running on. So let's say 25 million. 25 million. Okay. God, that sounds so low. No, it's got to be uh, No. Okay. Let no answer, changing my answer. Sure, sure, sure. 20. 25 billion. 25. <laughs> Is bajillion a real word? <laughs> 25 billion, but only two that fit right now. That's right. And only one that makes your butt look good. <laughs> only one. Okay, Cecil says $25 billion. Our audience thinks the answer is 650,121,293. Julian, who do you think is closer, Cecil or the audience, to the real answer? I want to live in a world where Cecil's right. Sure. <laughs> but I don't even think the audience is right. I, th- I, think, it's far- I think his initial guess of $25 million is probably closer, so I'm going to go with the audience on this one. You're going with the 650,121,000. I, mean, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, technically, that is closer. The answer is 450 million. Wow. Uh, yep. That's a lot of jeans. The average American owns seven pairs. I do not own seven pairs of jeans. Yeah, how many do you own? Less. <laughs> You're like, well, I got these on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got these ones. I know this. <laughs> okay, how about this one? How many people watched the series finale of Friends? 25 million. Do you want to say that? Yeah, let's do it. 25 million. Okay, our audience thinks the answer is 44,004,426. Who's closer, Julian? This is tough. Um, I'm going to go with Cecil. No, no, no. I'm going to go with the audience. Sorry, that's it. Because although I do think it's lower than their number, it's probably closer to their number. So... Well, your weird logic worked out because it's, the answer is 52,500,000 oh, okay. viewers. Yeah, that's right. A lot of people want to see if Ross and Rachel got back together. Great estimating, Cecil. Great guessing, Julian. Thank you, Ophira. Great hosting, me. to crown our big winner, let's bring back our finalist, Greg Burnham, who works at a summer math camp where the kids have more fun doing algebra than whitewater rafting. (laughs) And Paige Young, who was once a flight attendant and was proud of an angry passenger who later apologized for his behavior. (laughs) Puzzle guru Cecil Baldwin, take it away. Greg and Paige, your final round is called Birds the Word. Every answer will contain a bird. For example, if I asked you the term for a person who has more energy in the evening, you would answer night owl. You'll be playing this round like a penalty shootout. You'll each get up to eight questions. The contestant who scores the most points will be our big winner. 
Your prize is an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube and playbills from Marvin's Room signed by today's guests, Lily Taylor and Janine Garofalo. We rolled a 20-sided die backstage, and Greg is going first. Here we go. Greg, Johnny Depp's character in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Jack Sparrow. Correct. Paige, wrinkles in the corner of your eyes. Crow's feet. Correct. Greg, this Blurred Lines singer twerked with Miley Cyrus at the 2013 VMAs. Robin Thicke. Correct. Paige, mermaid adorned tuna can. Chicken of the sea. Correct. Greg, on a compass rose, this term describes north, south, east, and west. Cardinal direction. Correct. Paige, groovy 1970s sitcom about a rock band that traveled by school bus. The birds? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, incorrect. The answer was the Partridge family. Oh. <laughs> Greg, old-timey criminals might use this slang for a police informant. Canary? That is correct. We were looking for stool pigeon, but that is definitely a slang word for an informant. Paige, a Cold War film strip taught children to survive nuclear blasts with this three-word phrase. I'm thinking canary in the coal mine right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, the answer is duck and cover. So we're at the halfway point, and Greg is in the lead, four to two. Greg. Term that describes an unfair political attack named for a veteran group that ran ad campaigns against John Kerry in 2004. Swift boat. Correct. Page, the Nantucket-based airline owned by Joe Hackett in the 1990s sitcom Wings. Wing, oh, uh, Bluebird Air. Oh, I'm sorry. We're looking for Sandpiper Air. <laughs> Here's the situation. The score is five to two. Greg, if you get this question right, you win. Nickname for University of Iowa's sports teams. Cornhuskers, but that's neither a bird nor right. <laughs> oh, sorry. We're looking for Hawkeyes. Ugh. Paige, if you get this question wrong, Greg wins the game. In golf, it's a score of two under par. Birdie? Paige, I'm sorry, the answer was eagle. Greg, you're our big winner. Well done, Paige. Congratulations, Greg. You're our big winner, and that is our show. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Cecil Baldwin. Hey, my name, Anagram Sublime Ice Claw. Our guest musician is Julian Villard. Naive Daljar. Our puzzles were written by Andrew Kane, Jack Lechner. Scott Ross, and senior writer J. Keith Van Stratton. Our senior supervising producer is Art Chung. Ask Me Another is produced by Mike Katzeff, Travis Larchuk, Julia Melfi, Denny Shin, Ramel Wood, and our intern, Kurt Van Zandt, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Noriko Akabe, and David Hurtgen. Ask Me Another was created by Eric Newsman, Jesse Baker. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR.
Jonathan Colton here. Ask Me Another will be returning to downtown Los Angeles with two back-to-back live shows at the Ace Hotel Theater on August 17th and 18th. And something we've never done before, we're putting eight celebrities to the test as contestants. That's right, celebrity contestants will put it all on the line for nothing but bragging rights and a coveted Rubik's Cube. You won't want to miss it. Guest information and tickets are at amatickets.org. I'm Linda Holmes. And I'm Stephen Thompson. There's more stuff to watch and read these days than any one person can get to. That's why we make Pop Culture Happy Hour. Twice a week, we sort through the nonsense, share reactions, and give you the lowdown on what's worth your precious time and what's not. Find Pop Culture Happy Hour on the NPR One app or wherever you get your podcasts. Next time on Ask Me Another, we play a music parody game about famously misheard lyrics like, Excuse me while I kiss this guy. What? The actual lyrics are, Excuse me while I kiss this guy? No, no, no. I like the other way better. And we have Carrie Bechet from the AMC series Halt and Catch Fire. So join me, Ophira Eisenberg, for NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. Support for this podcast and the following message come from the NPR Wine Club. NPR Wine Club members have contributed over $1.5 million to helping create a more informed public. B21. Join the charge at nprwineclub.org slash podcast. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com NPR. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little breaks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.